Uh, grab a blue book, page 248. 248 in the blue book. All of us in the blue book. Thank you. 
217. I'll fly away. 217. I'm picking on them this morning. Stand, stand close to the mic if you've got one. Stand near somebody who's got one if you don't, right? Uh, wear deodorant and you won't be afraid. I'm just telling you, little things like that help me out. I'm picking on you. Uh, do want to go to the Lord in prayer this morning, ask to pray for each and everybody who's on our prayer request list. Don't forget Brother uh, Danny Smith, he's um, been battling the cold. They stuck him in the freezer the other day. He come out uh, not feeling too well, so uh, remember him in your prayers. A lot of doctor's appointments got canceled this last week due to the freezing rain and ice. And uh, so there'll be a reschedule process going on for them, I'm sure. But remember all those who had doctor's appointments and tests that did not get them done uh, this week. And so we pray that you'll just pray for those folks as well. Any spoken prayer requests this morning?
kids family here? Do you remember that this morning? Anybody else? I've spoken now. Amen. Stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. The ushers would come at this time. Father, we thank you today for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. And Lord, we just praise you for the many blessings you give us. Lord, I ask you today to help us, Father, to do thy will, to praise thy name. Dear God, we know this morning that you can meet all of these needs. Dear God, there's nobody can do it but you. And Lord, we pray touch, Father, today, Lord, those hearts that grieve, Father, from the passing of a loved one. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the offering. Let it be used for thy glory, for thine honor, and thy praise. And we'll thank you, Father, these things in Christ's name. And amen. Page three in your blue book, page three, how great thou art.
got special today. feels special today and I can honestly say I'd rather if you didn't feel this special don't sing um, don't force it uh, let's just go ahead and go on if you've got your Bibles go with us to the book of Hosea chapter 3 this morning we're going to talk about the love of some things and um, <clears throat> I will just tell you right up front, I do not have the scripture about the love of money being, being the root of all evil, uh, so we'll just cross that path right now. It's in there, but can I tell you, there's a whole lot more uh, where the word love of is found, and we're going to cover those. Uh, you already know this morning that if you're focused on this world you're in trouble if you don't know that i just told you if you focus on this world you're in trouble uh we we've got to get our eyes off of this world and onto the lord and savior jesus christ uh, get focused on him and his word and i will say this uh, there's a lot of churches today that don't want to focus on that they want to focus on you and how good you are and how wonderful everything is, and that if you'll just uh, give to them, then God's going to bless you. Can I tell you, you can give to me all day long. God doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, doesn't mean you're a bad person, but God's not going to bless you because you give to me. God will bless you because you give to Him. And when I say give to Him, I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about your heart. Other things fall into proper priority when your heart belongs to God. And that's, that's what the love of this morning is. Now, God gave Hosea a message. And if you'll stand, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. And then we'll read to you <clears throat> verse 1. And then we'll start from there. He said, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love, now look at that, according to the love of the Lord towards the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved flagons of wine. Father, this morning we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your grace. And we pray, Father, today, Lord, that we would be that which you'd have us to be. And, dear God, that our love would be towards thee and for thee. And, dear God, we know that without thee we cannot love. But, Father, today we pray that before the service is over that we would all have a love of God in our hearts and we'll thank you Father and praise you in Jesus holy name and amen amen you may be seated this morning <clears throat> the story of Hosea and his love for a woman of adultery a woman who did not do the things that she ought to have done and when she was loved and cared for she didn't like that as much as she did her adulteries, her fornications. And she slips out instead of staying with the man that loved her and become unfaithful. 
Now the first part we find here in this verse, and I want you to understand what God said unto Hosea. He was, he was given a task that I would say that there are very few men that would do that. But he was given a task to do because God was going to illustrate his love towards Israel through this marriage. May I say to you and I this morning, it's still illustrating God's love towards us through that marriage. If we will heed to what God has showed them, we'll understand where we are today. I, I will say this, that for a country that's supposed to be a godly country, we are becoming more godless every day. And that, that aspect is this, that even the people of God don't think that God really cares anymore about what's going on. And I'm here to tell you that God does. Why? Because God bought us with a price. He redeemed us from sinfulness, not for sinfulness. So look at what Hosea was told of the Lord. I'm not going to focus on the whole story there. You know the end of it. Hosea goes and buys her back. In other words... He was willing to get back what belonged to him. God did exactly the same thing for you and I. And he's still willing to take back what belongs to him. But he said, Then said the Lord unto me, Go get, or go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according, now look at this, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. The love of the Lord. And Hosea loved his wife like God loved Israel. He didn't just simply pass it by. It, it wasn't something that you and I would look at today and we would think, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, poor Hosea, and I, I understand why he did what he did, and I understand, you know, hey, he didn't do what we would do today. He stayed faithful to God. He stayed faithful to his wife and in the end illustrated the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel through the marriage. He illustrated the love of God to you and I this morning through that very marriage. And here's the problem. We today seem to have this aspect that God must love me no matter what? Why? Because in the book of Romans, it says there, What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Go on down. What shall separate us from the love of God? And we know that in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He loves us right where we are today. He loves every person ever born into this walk of life. He has a love for them. But listen to me. His love toward us will not get us into heaven if we do not accept it. His love doesn't mean we're justified without doing anything, without going and, and serving and following him and loving his word. And we'll even have that, the love of the word here. And, but, but it doesn't mean that we can just walk on by. We have to be willing to participants in the love of God in order to go to heaven this morning. You've got to accept Jesus Christ and you've got to follow Jesus Christ. It's like the old preacher said this morning. I love what he said. He goes, uh, he said there are some that say, you know, they, they, they lose something. He said, you don't lose your walk with God. You don't lose your faith in God. You don't lose 
your salvation. The Bible in the King James Version says you left. So you don't lose your first love. You left your first love. We'll get to that in just a second. But can I tell you this morning, church, God didn't move, we did. God hasn't changed, we have. God's not reducing, we are. And if you stop to think about it this morning, it's like this, God has not given up. We're just like Omer. And God's looking and waiting. He bought us with a price, church. It goes on in Matthew chapter 24. We know this one, right? Here we go. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many. Not just a few, but many. Hosea illustrated the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. You and I today have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have the word of God to show us. But look at what the Bible says here. Because, the, because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many. Why? Because they loved sin rather than Jesus. The Bible says that the, the pleasure, you know, um, and I, I there's pleasure in sin for a season. A season. Your life and my life is like a season. We're here and we're gone. Now, while we're here, we go through seasons. We have our ups and we have our downs. We have our good days. We have our bad days. We have our rough times. We have our good times. We got easy times. We got hard times. Hey, sometimes it's all up. Sometimes it's all down. And sometimes we wonder where the bottom is. We go through seasons. But your lifespan is just that, a season. I was born on July the 2nd, 1970, and I will die at some point in time in the future. Why? Because I'm not dead right now. It may be in a minute. It may be in an hour. We don't know. But it's going to be from where I am now. So in the future, I'll die. And the date of that recording of my death is already recorded in heaven. God knows when it's going to be. But while I'm here, I'm living my season. So if my love for iniquity outweighs my love for God, I'm going to wax cold. But I'm here to tell you this morning. Unless there's something written there that I don't understand and hadn't seen yet, my love for God is not going to wax cold. I want my love for God to get harder and harder and harder, stronger and stronger and stronger, more determined, more, more, more able to just simply go on. But he says because iniquity bound, because people love sin more than they love God. That's why they do what they do. Heard the preacher say the other day that uh, he didn't want to offend his congregation by talking about sin. They ought to be offended that he didn't. How do you know you're on your way to hell until you understand you're a sinner? Just think about it, church. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Go over to the book of Luke, the 42nd chapter there, or the 11th chapter, excuse me. We'll be dropping down and starting uh, in verse 42, and then we'll be going through and reading further there. Luke chapter 
11, verse 42. He says, But woe unto you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over the judgment of the love of God. Now he started off telling them that they ought to make sure that the cup that they had was cleaned on the inside and the outside, not just one side. He goes on and he tells them that, that the, the inward part is what is full of wickedness. He says in verse 40, he says this, Ye fools, do not that made which is without make that which is within also? Can, can I tell you, he's asking them this question. God that made the outside of the body is the same God who made the inside of the body. The God, hey, if you wash behind your ears, remember the old saying there, make sure you wash the backside of your neck and behind your ears. It, it's, it's one of those deals. Wash the bottom part of the hand like the top part of the hand and go through there. And he's telling them, he said, listen, you're doing everything outward, but you ain't got what's going on right on the inward. Get the inside taken care of and the outside will look better. I'm telling you this morning, church, we say this a lot. And it's true. If the inside truly gets changed, then what's going on on the outside will truly change as well. Now, I'm not drunk this morning. That's pretty obvious, I hope. I can walk a straight line. I can pass the test. You know why? Because the inside lines up with the outside. Amen. I'm going to celebrate something. 35 years of sobriety. I know the last time I was drunk. And I know the people who always say, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And I say to those, not always. It depends on who cures you. Depends on how you're cured. Once a sinner, always a sinner. My Bible tells me that God saves me from my sins, not God saves me to do sin. Now, do I sin? In this life, we shall. Why? Because we have the flesh that we battle with. But God's love toward us, the love of God toward us, gave Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross. Why? So that the inside can get cleaned up and then the outside gets clean. Hey, when the inside's going good, you start washing better on the outside. My parents, you know, they, they I don't want to say they got on to me, but they was right. When you start doing stuff right on the inside, it starts reflecting on the outside. When I've realized that, and let's just be honest, I realized that girls wouldn't look at me if I stank. In other words, it got down on the inside of the head. I started washing better. 
Wasn't jumping in the shower, jumping out of the shower, and barely getting a towel wet. When my wife, you think about this, she wouldn't want to kiss you because your breath was bad. You brush your teeth better. Little things that we do. Things that takes place. It gets to the inside and it begins to reflect on the outside of what's going on. Now look at what he said. He said, but woe unto you Pharisees, you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. This ought you have done and not left the others or not leave the other undone. In other words, do it all. Give what belongs to God to God. If you're going to fast and tithe, do it all. But make sure you're doing it from the heart on the inside, not just to be seen of men on the outside. If all you're doing is to be seen, then down here you'll get your reward. You, you'll, you'll get the praise and the accolations of all kinds of folks. I mean, I know a lot of people uh, who do all kinds of good things, and down here they're getting all their good data boys and so forth and so on. But I'm telling you, God knows what's going on in the heart. God understands what's happening in the mind. God knows whether you're here or you're not here. God knows whether or not you love him or you don't love him. Whether or not you're going to serve him or you're not going to serve him. Are you going to serve him with your whole heart or are you going to just partially serve him? Can I tell you the Bible tells us what happens when you just kind of start on the journey and you keep walking the journey but your eyes is always somewhere else. The Bible says he that putteth his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, you may got the plow horse going this way, but you're looking back at that way. Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he, that hath the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labors and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. I'm going to tell you this is a good picture of a church right here for just a minute. But then he says this. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from which thou art fallen, and repent and do thy first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Can I tell you, if God removes his spirit, we're in trouble. When Jesus said, walk ye in the light while the light is here. Why? Because you can see where you're walking in the light. But you don't see so good when you're walking in the dark. Took the door off my bedroom one time, replacing the carpet in the house and walked down the hallway in the dark. The door to my bedroom was in the hallway, leaning up against the wall. And it always hurts when you get it with the littlest of toes. And I smacked that thing with my toe and split my toenail wide open. And I mean to tell you, I, I let out a yell. I went to limping and and grabbing and crying a little bit there, and the blood was coming off my toe. I, I even called in to work sick that day because it didn't turn on the hall lights. 
turn it on. I've seen the door. Church, it's not that we don't have the ability. It's that a lot of times we're just too lazy. We think we can get by without it. The church was doing everything right, so to say. They were going all right, but the problem they had is they'd lost the light. They lost the reason. You know, it's kind of like this, and I don't mean that blind people are smart, their senses are enhanced, and there's nothing like it. But can I tell you, if you take a blind person who's never been in this building before, and you stand them right there in the middle of the room, and you tell them, make your way to the back, they're going to stumble over some things. They're going to run into some pews. They're going to have to feel their way in time, and at some point in time, they'll get back there. But can I tell you, if you take that blind person and you say, let me show you how to get to the back of the room, they've got the sense to know that if you're standing here, they'll count their steps to the side. One, two, three. When you start going forward, they'll start counting those steps again. They understand how to familiarize themselves without seeing what is actually taking place there. They, they enhance their senses. Well, you and I are blind. Remember, we started off with the love of iniquity. Many shall wax cold. Why? Because they love iniquity. Other things they do. They love the outside better than the inside. John chapter 5 says this, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which, excuse me, now look at this, and they are they which testify of me. I've been doing a lot of scripture search. God's been giving me some thoughts, and I've been trying to cover them, and I'm reading, and I'm scripture searching, and, and, and in them I find this, the same thing over and over. Yes, in the word of God is my salvation. But in order to get it, I've got to follow it. A lot of people who are Bible smart but absolutely lost. They can quote more scripture than I can and yet deny every one of them. Think about church. He said in verse 40, And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not <clears throat> excuse me that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will you receive. How can you believe? <clears throat> excuse me. How can you believe? Which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only. 
Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed in me. He wrote of me, but ye believe not his writings. How shall you believe my words? Can I tell you something, church? Listen to me carefully. You and I have the words of Moses. We also, though, have the words of Christ. And the love of God has to, if it's going to abide in us, if we're going to have the love of God, this word has to abide in us. It has to be more powerful than anything else. It has to be more uh, attaining than anything else. And I thought about this as I was reading these scriptures and, and putting them down in, in part of the sermon. And, and God is, there, there is truth. Think about this. Here's the Word of God. We got the King James Bible. And by the way, not everybody believes in the King James, and I understand that, and you're wrong if you don't. Simple. But ain't it amazing how many people follow a man instead of the man? They don't believe Jesus. They don't believe the Word of God. But they believe Joseph Smith. Got the Mormon church because they believe Joseph Smith. I wonder what would happen to the Catholic church if they no longer had a pope. Without the pope, the church is dead. Doesn't exist. Why? Because they believe a man. They believe he's the head. And matter of fact, if you look at what it means there, he is actually supposed to represent God in the flesh. No, Jesus was God in the flesh. The Pope is a man. Not to be too mean, but he's nobody. Lost souls. But they glorify him. They bow down at him. They honor him. They pray to him. I pray to God through Jesus' name. They followed Muhammad. They followed Allah. They followed that guy, Jimmy Jones, or Jimmy, whatever his name, back in the 70s. Here comes a man. They follow him. Some people think Benny Hinn can walk on water. I've never seen him do it, but I doubt he can. I don't even know if he could swim. He drowned. They, they don't believe the word of God, but they believe Joel Osteen. And he won't tell you about the word of God. I'm just here to tell you, follow him and see what he says. He'll start out with one verse of scripture, and then he'll tell you how prosperous and good and wonderful and great you are. And that God loves you just the way you are. God loves you the way you are. But God will punish you if you stay that way. He won't tell you that either. And I know that there are other men that come. But the Bible's true. If he come in his name, they'll receive him. I heard somebody, and, 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 and it's the same. And I heard a pastor say this that we don't have revival services anymore because we don't have anybody who can bring revival. He said he, did, he can't find a man who can bring revival. Can I tell you, revival does not come by man. It comes by... 
just don't have good revivals. Then get right with God. Yeah, that's right. I said it. We put much as prayer in the revival services as we do in other things we like. We'd have a good revival. The man of God would stand up here and begin to preach, and he'd feel the anointing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And we don't know what he is saying. We don't know how he'd act, but he would definitely say something that would prick our hearts. We are focused on the love of ourselves instead of the love of God. 2 Corinthians, running short on time. I'll try to get a few of these through here, church. I got them all marked out this morning a little bit. Chapter 5, if you would, start in verse 1. For you know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we... We have a building of God. This is talking to the child of God. Look at what it says. A house not made of hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we have that in our Excuse me, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that which we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Now he that has wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the eternal of the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we always confident, therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we're absent for the Lord, from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, and I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And let me say this one more time, church. Read the scripture carefully. We are confident. Excuse me. We are confident, I say, and willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The Bible does not say that if I'm absent from the body, I am present with God. As many men would say, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. No, it did not. It said that you and I as Christians, if we are serving God, following God, honoring God, glorifying God, walking with God, have a good fellowship with God. I mean, we're, we're, we're not just there on the outside. We're there on the inside. We are willing to be absent from this body because we know if we are absent, then we will be present with God. So we have a willingness to be absent so we can be present. But just because you die doesn't mean you're going to heaven. There's a lot of people who were good in hell today. Because while they were good in the flesh, they were absent from the Spirit of God. For he was absent from them. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which, excuse me, according to that hath he had done, whether to be good, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience for we commit not ourselves again unto you but give you the occasion but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that 
you may have somewhat to answer them that glory in appearance and not in the heart. You see where he keeps talking about the outside and the inside? It's got to go on on the inside, not just the outside. Going on. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because thus we judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know ye him no more. Therefore if man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Why? Because the love of God is now in that man. The love for God is in that man. You can go on and read, I've got Thessalonians and I've got 1 John there. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Hereby we perceive that we, look at this, Thereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth the brother in need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, he how dwelleth the love of God in him. We've got to help one another. We've got to pray for one another. We've got to tend to one another. Verse John 20, John, Jude 1.21. I'll read this close. It says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's a responsibility. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It is your job and my job to keep ourselves in the love of God. To hold on to him more than anything else. And listen to me carefully. Because, because of iniquity, the love of many, those that would love God, are not going to love him. The love of many shall wax cold. Church, we got a choice. Are we going to have the love of the world or the love of God? Are we going to be in love with the world or are we going to be in love with God? Is the word of God going to be our direction or is the process and the lust of the flesh going to be our direction? If you think about it this way this morning, if the heart is right, it's going to be in this. If the heart is wrong, it's going to be out there. Where's your heart this morning? And I'm not talking about what we just roll off our tongues. Where is our heart this morning? Really, where is our heart? Because if it is really in love with God, and we have the love of God in our lives, we're going to be desirous for the things of God. And it will be evident in the things we do. Would you stand this morning? Father, today we thank you, Lord, and we praise you for your many blessings. Dear God, we ask you today that you'd help us, Lord, to draw close to thee and draw close one to another. Father, I pray this morning that our hearts and our minds would be set to you.
Father set on you. And dear God, set for you. Lord, I pray today that we would be that which you'd have us to be and do that which you'd have us to do because of who you are and what you desire for us to be. Now, Lord, we pray, Father, this morning, speak to each heart and let each heart respond faithfully and truthfully to you. And we'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' blessed holy name. And amen. Amen. If you have a need or a